pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Oh my God. This ball's thrown and Tyree just goes up for it like a basketball player. Harrison trying to knock it down. That's a great catch by David Tyree. All right, here with brand new friend for another episode of Catch the Moment, Sledge Smith, founding director of Sledge Machine, clearly has one of the greatest names ever, which we will certainly talk about. Sledge, how are you doing, man? Welcome to Catch the Moment. This is so phenomenal to be here with you. It's such an honor, David. Thank you for having me. This is pure joy. I mean, we've probably had a full episode just chatting up on um, on a little dinner, a little, little fellowship, a little, little pregame. You know, the first time we spoke on the phone, that felt like... It was our first moment together that yeah. uh, set this up, and uh, I'm, I'm just so excited to be talking to you like this. Listen, this is fantastic. So uh, we definitely got to talk about Jason. We got to talk about your name. We got to talk about Sledge Machine. We got a lot to talk about, but just by, by way of tradition, we always like to ask, I guess, where were you, and what do you remember the first time you ever saw the helmet catch? What were your thoughts? So obviously that was uh, Super Bowl. No doubt, 2008. I was at a party. And uh, the interesting thing about that was um, I had a drink in my hand. Okay. Right? But I didn't have like a can. I had a glass. All right. Right? Ice in it and it was ginger ale. <laughs> you so was a soft drink. When you made that catch, well, in between drinks, I had a ginger <laughs> ale. Right? You made that catch and I was the one person in the room who didn't like scream. But I, I didn't realize that I jumped up, right? And I was holding the glass. Yeah. So, again, there's an open glass with ice in it, and it's filled to the brim with ginger ale. Flew all over the place. <laughs> flew all over me, flew all over the person in front of me. Yeah. It was like you would have thought that I would have caused a ruckus because of that, but everybody was so caught up in the fact that you caught the ball that way because it seems so surreal. Yeah. It seemed like for some reason, you know, the refs might get in the way and the zebras might say, nah, it wasn't a real catch or something like that. Yeah. But the fact that you caught it in the manner that you did when people really weren't sure. Yeah. I, the way I responded to the fact that it looked like it looked <laughs> was what I did. I, I, I threw my drink all so over the place. So no sound, just jump. Yeah, 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 and I got it, and then that's when I realized I, I hit the person in the back with the drink, and I felt so bad, and she didn't even care. No, didn't even care. Yeah, that's yeah, fantastic. yeah. That it was, fantastic. it was, it was full of giant fans. You know, it was the first time I really knew your name and never forgot it. You know, yeah. it's, it's one of those moments where you know it's so aptly named your 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 podcast because a moment represents that point in time. That's not just present, sure, but that you don't forget. And there are certain things you don't forget. I'm sure, like you don't forget yeah. you know, the birth of your children. You know where you met Layla, your wife. Yeah, you know what I mean. I remember where I was when, you know, Magic Johnson made his big announcement. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, I that was that. one of those moments. So it's great that you you know listen to your podcast. You always ask people that because yeah. they always know. Don't <laughs> they? You know, like those are the stories I really do enjoy the most. Is is like there's a story that typically goes along with it. Usually everybody kind of remembers the event, mm -hmm. but um, it's just little neat things, man. I've, I've had so many profound ones on the back end, but that's, that's, that's pretty good. I think that you got to paint the picture a little bit because you're a New York City native. So number one, that's always cool because you, you being here your whole life, you, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit. I remember the Grandmaster Flash message 
And New York City has made a drastic evolution in every borough. Sure has. So what was New York City like at that moment? So it was like, okay, the party's lit. Everybody's going crazy with the Giants winning. But we were in Arizona. So in my brain, I'm like, man, I wonder what it's like right now in Manhattan and people on the street. It was insane because, you know, you were paying, you were, you were, you were playing an opposition known as the Darth Vader of the league. Ah, right? okay, right? okay, okay. And there was gathered virtual <laughs> yeah, yeah, to vir- dethrone them for what they were known for. No doubt. Which wasn't supposed to happen, right? No, not was, at all. It wasn't supposed to happen. Not at all. But that's exactly what did. So the way that people galvanized as New Yorkers yeah. around that, for one of the great brands of the NFL okay. for it to happen too. Sure. The way that it happened because of that catch as part of it yeah. was just remarkable. Yeah. You know, so it was... I mean, it's funny because it reminds me of, you know, we had this election to dethrone another certain Darth Vader that no happened doubt. to be, no doubt. you know, in the presidency. <laughs> yeah. But we didn't know for a long period of time who yeah. the winner was. True, true. And I remember, speaking of catch the moment. Go for you it. You know, I was on the phone uh, in my crib um, and there was this roaring of cheers yeah. that you could hear going on outside. And I realized without even needing to check the television that the election had been called yeah. for Biden, right? Yeah. Finally. Yeah, right? yeah, the decision. That's, ex- that's a lot of what it was like. Uh, wow. People oh. are high-fiving and, and, and <laughs> you know, the game had been won in the manner that it did. And it was, you know, quite frankly, so exciting. You can always hear cheers at a Super Bowl party. Yeah, no you know, doubt. Through the walls. Sure. You know what I mean? Or walking past uh, a certain establishment. Amazing. Uh, but because it was the Giants, you know what I mean? 17-year drought. Having a win like that. Yeah, against, yeah, against yeah, New yeah, England. Yeah. All kinds of stories. Yeah, you know it, was, I mean? it was a lot of stories yeah. in, one, in one package. But uh, no, thanks for sharing that because it's like we're in Arizona, of course, enjoying the moment. And, you know, this, this, is, this is all that matters. This yep. is the greatest city uh, and a planet, in, you know, in relation to – the epicenter of so much. So finally bring one home. It was great to be a part of it. Let's, let's get back into you. So like, I want to get into some of the journey. So let's start with the name and some of the background. You're born in Harlem. How do you get this, this uncommon name sledge? I don't, I don't think I've ever met another sledge or, and it's a fantastic name and names go a long way. So I'm sure it served you well throughout your life. So how does that, what's the story behind your name? Well, you know, it really has, you know, and you know, you mentioned, you know, the Sledge, you know, I've got the one of the world's most unique first names and one of the world's most common last names. <laughs> so people you know, <laughs> tapped into that, number one. Number two, my full name, I don't think I've ever said it on a live uh, uh, production <laughs> no, before. No shame here, give it but, to us. But my full name is Sledge Hamilton Smith III. Love so it. I'm actually third generation. And uh, the name is based on a family legend. My uh, father's side of the family is from San Antonio, Texas. Okay. And as the story was uh, relayed and handed down to me, my great-grandfather, paternal grandfather's name was Calvin. Okay. Family uh, grew up in tremendous poverty. Mm. Uh, And uh, Calvin, at a very young age, I think, you know, in adolescence, but told around 11 or 12. Sure. Maybe 13, uh, needed to get a job. Mm. It just so happened that the wealthiest employer in that vicinity of San Antonio happened to be uh, a rancher whose last name was Sledge. All right? So what happened is, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Wall Street. Uh, Michael Douglas? Michael Douglas, exactly. 
and and it's a classic. That, that movie uh, uh, is in part about this uh, very uh, prominent financier sure. who takes someone under his wing. Yep. Uh, who's played by Charlie Sheen, a yep. character named Bud Fox, right? And early on in the movie, it covers how persistent uh, Bud Fox is to want to meet uh, this character called, called Gordon Gecko that uh, Michael Douglas played. Got it. And he talks about when he finally pulls that off, the Gordon Gecko character says, you see this guy? He spent 57 straight days trying to reach me because he wants to be a player, right? Mm. As I understand it, my uh, great-grandfather, Calvin. Calvin, did the same thing. He went every single day to this guy's ranch to ask nice. for a job. And he got turned away any number of times. Sure. So one day he goes there, and uh, uh, unbeknownst to him, this rancher is hearing about this persistence where, you know, they can almost by, set by a clock, sure. and he's going to arrive there to ask for a job. So one day when he, when he does this, Rancher comes out. Sure. Right? And uh, he checks out my uh, great-grandfather and mm -hmm. asks him how old he is. Now, as it's a legend. It's a family legend. So I like it. I like it. As it's relayed to me, my great-grandfather realized this is my last chance. You mm. know what I mean? If I can't convince the man himself whom I'm finally standing in front of uh, uh, how old I am and old enough to get a job, um, it's over. Right? So he lies. Mm. I think he said that he was 16 and he was like 12 or 13. Gotcha. And that can go only one of two ways. Sure. You turned away because you're lying and they know you're lying. <laughs> or what ended up happening, which was admiring that he had the guts to stand up for the fact that on top of how many times he had returned wanting this job. Sure. He liked that. He liked that grit. Yeah. He gave him a job. Assistance. So what ends up happening was he gives him a job. Uh, my great-grandfather was illiterate, so he saw to it that he learned how to read and write. Excellent. He saw to it that he learned how to graze ca cattle, uh, break horses. Nice. Ends up being with this man for about four decades or close to it. Wow. And as a result, when this rancher finally passes away, he wills a piece of land to my great-grandfather. Wow. This white man. Right? Yeah. So out of love and respect for him, he names my grandfather Sledge, Sledge. who becomes Sledge Sr. <laughs> love the name, right? Interesting thing about that is when he had his son, my dad, sure. Sledge Jr., my dad hated the name. Mm. He's got teased a lot, called Sludge and Sledgehammer and gotcha. Sledgehead and all these other things, got into fights yep, yep. in school. Yep. Uh, but when he got married cool. and, you know, uh, um, you know, prayed to God to have a son, you know, as his firstborn. Sure. And I came along. He had actually sworn that he would never name his son Sledge, <gasps> but elated and overjoyed to have a, a, a son with his wish, he named me Sledge. And you mentioned the uniqueness of the name and how it's done well for me. It really has because people never forget it. Yeah. People always ask me, just like you did, how'd you get that name? Fantastic. So I always get to tell that story. People never forget it. And that's another form of catching the moment. That, that teased me up fantastic, man, because, number one, that's a fantastic story. You know, um, legend and legacy goes together, right? And sure I think do. that whether there's, call it, like I said, if we call it a legend, there's a sense of mystery to it, right? <laughs> so, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. number one, that's actually what makes it uh, a, such a dynamic story. So, I'm going to hold it as truth, but now it's, it's evolved into a true reality. So, talk to me now, because, obviously, you've been at the intersection of creatives, um, art, artists, 
um, business development, obviously as a consultant. What at this stage of your life, your career, and even your your experience has been your defining moment? And I know I know we've had some prequel talk about places of impact and intersection. But what is your defining moment up to this point that has brought you that kind of satisfaction? Yeah, that's a great question. I would have to say uh, something we also talked about over dinner, which is uh, the value of relationships Mm. and uh, the wonderful people that have come into my life, which is like a perpetual moment. Sure. Because you remember where you meet certain people. Sure. You know why those people are important to you. And you invest and cultivate and you nurture uh, the value of what that relationship can become over time. And then as you're taking that journey over time, those become moments of them, themselves, right? So, so us having dinner, yep. us sitting in your car, those are all moments. Our very first conversation on the phone, yes. those are moments. We've got a, a, a very special person that represents a, a relationship that we share. Definitely. A guy named Jason Atienza. Yes. That we, have in common. we had a moment there because we were both at uh, an event that, that he was holding Correct. at Madison Square Garden. And, uh, you know, I think uh, as a silver thread, when we talk about relationships being moment, the moment for me that I realized that I had this opportunity to take the privilege that I was given to use that to help other people Mm. as a giver to begin with as part of my living experience, being able to marry my, my desire to do that Sure. And find uh, a professional way to do it that was creative, that was entrepreneurial, that was, as I described to you, the business side of creative industry. Yeah. Um, were always opportunities that were put in front of me to be dynamic in that way. Mm. And when I get an opportunity to share knowledge or to connect uh, people together or to make a new relationship where a door opens for me, let alone my ability to open it for someone else. Sure. Um, uh those become moments too Excellent. that you always remember that become part of your narrative. And I, I, I once had a, uh, a mentor, my last Boston, in fact, his name is Taylor Noguera. Big shout, big shout. And what was interesting about Taylor, a Harvard MBA, mm. um, a man of, man of color himself, a Latino. Excellent. And um, he once said to me over breakfast as a career management philosophy You always, at the end of the year, want to look back on uh, the past year like it's a book. And and because your career ought to have a narrative where each new year you're adding a new chapter. So you always want to be looking at how you're changing your your narrative from year to year. And it really resonated with me. I I never forgot that. So I'm always looking for opportunities to look back on uh, the year past sure and said and asked myself what did i accomplish how did i help people what were the things that i did that were useful to me that i can take into the next year and what is it that i'm going to do new yeah represents this new chapter to add to my narrative Ooh, slash you guys dropping these times my (laughs) dogs so this this is so powerful because obviously i think every we're beginning to realize um, there's so many forums and so much, so many interesting conversations that are happening that are that are really helpful. Right. Now, I'm 43, you're a little older than myself, but we're at this place where you've seen now the evolution. I talked about, you know, New York City back in the day. Um, you, we talked about this key word that is buzzing in our society today, but 
you probably may be being at the forefront of it in this, in, this, in this inclusion, right? Like, I think it's a it's a needed and healthy conversation, but there's also an entitlement and a, and a barrage when it comes to um, initiatives of inclusion that's maybe less authentic to where you were 15 years ago in this space. What is your perspective on on it and how kind of being a pioneer in this space, especially in the creative space, is there value? Because it's, it's kind of like the uh, social justice, right? Social justice was something that was needed, but now it became a very inauthentic expression of corporate America, right? right? right. Everybody's got an initiative for the sake of profiting off it. Do, do, you see the, do you see it the same way to some extent in the inclusion space? Being the fact that I can look at your background and see that this is something that was a passion before it was an initiative. You know, you and I talked a lot about um, uh, purpose and, and having a North Star. Nice. And, and uh, when we first connected, to, to sit down and have dinner this evening, you know, one of the things we talked about is your relationships with people aren't defined by gender or color or creed. Yes. They're defined by becoming your people because of what you share and have in common, uh, in particular where your values are concerned. Sure. So I think it's important that, look, we know what the definition is when we talk about diversity and equity and inclusion. Equity is about fairness. Mm-hmm. Inclusivity is about fairness for everyone. So I make that my North Star. Nice. And I'm focused on what I can do. And, and those are matters of character. You know what I mean? It's got nothing to Bam. do with one's education or, or you know, height or, or, yeah. or, you know, where you went to school. Excellent. It's about your character. You know, how much do I want to treat someone the way I want to be treated? That's yeah. not difficult. Good old golden rule, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> And, you know, for you know, for whatever the reasons in, in society, sure, um, we have a lot of people who they only care about the uno, number one, <laughs> you know. And, um, you know, we, we've seen in society for what we've been through over the last three years coming out of the pandemic. Sure. What happens when you don't have the help of others and, and the importance of pulling together. Now, we also saw how much we're pulled apart. By That's the fact right. that, you know, we went through what we went through. That's correct. But we also had a great deal of tragedy yes. that pulled people together. And look, I got my share of calls uh, based on, you know, the murder of George Floyd. That's correct. Uh, you know, asking me everything from the, the disingenuous, you know, proverbial, what should I be reading? And you go figure that out. <laughs> if you don't know, you know what I mean? That's not what I'm here for. Yep, yep. So people coming to me and saying, listen, you know. I was shook by what I saw. I took a look in the mirror. I want to do the work or I am doing the work. Sure. But I'm not credible while I'm going through what I'm going through for the things that I want to do that represents change. Sure. I need help. Will you help me? Which is an entirely different conversation. That's fantastic. You know what I mean? So when you think about, you know, corporations that were putting up, you know, their 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 black boxes on Instagram, <laughs> yep, yep. putting out their statements. Sure. But they're nowhere to be found now. Yeah, Look, we knew we knew that that was coming once, you know, there was a, a fade Correct. of the intensity of what people couldn't turn away from because you locked up at home. Sure. But I had the privilege of moments yeah. to catch in which people who came to me that were serious yeah. became new professional relationships where I got to build a personal relationship with those individuals as a result. Excellent. Against the backdrop of what those professional opportunities are. One of them is, you know, you know, my relationship with uh, Jay. 
You know what I mean? Who, yeah. who I know we're going to talk about in, in, in a little while. Yeah, but man. but uh, that's that's it. Always staying conscious. I made the comment to you about because of the position that you played, sure. the highest echelon of, of the NFL in, 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 in team sports, good times. That, that as a skill player, as a wide receiver, it's about spacing. It's about positioning. It's nice. about self-awareness of how you get clear to make a catch like you did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I always take into account what is happening at this moment of time that I'm getting to meet that person now. Yeah. And how do I not waste that? I always Ooh. ask myself that. And That's I'm fortunate so to have had a lived experience where I have that awareness to have been taught the importance of it and Excellent. take it to heart because you can be taught something that you don't take to heart and, excuse me, never never learn it. Yeah, you don't value and, it. And, and But, you know, I've had... You know, those moments, just like I'm getting to sit here right now. Yeah. You know, that's not an accident. It's a, it's a great privilege in knowing it as such, um, not wasting it because now we have a relationship. You know what I'm saying? It's fantastic. Like, like, like this is so refreshing to hear it because th these are the themes, understanding the value in people. And, and I tell people, your values determine your value. Exactly. Right. I mean, like literally the way the things that you value determine the, the places that will be the most fruitful in your life yeah and i think that's kind of what it is you know like um you know my marriage is dynamic because i really value it and it flourishes in that way and so well you should because she's amazing hey man can she find girl? Wow. Wow. <laughs> hey man i'm with you <laughs> <laughs> so you know before i get to jay i want to talk about uh, like um just some you you talked about where your family came from talk to me a little bit about just the progression of a family dynamic and a narrative coming out of poverty and the sense of gratitude. How has that worked? But also growing up in the Mecca of, of opportunity, right? Even if there's different opportunity, whether it's um, for race, gender, class, et cetera, but you're still here in New York city where everybody knows and believes that we can make something happen. So talk to me about some, the, the mentality, the opportunity, how you emerge through that, um, you know, kind of through your childhood and education on to becoming an executive and a business owner? Well, I mean, we're both, you know, black men. Yeah. And, you know, we know the importance of what you're influenced by, by other men. Sure. Right? And so I was very, again, very fortunate to grow up in a household where I had a fatherly presence that was positive. Excellent. Right? And he was someone who never complained. Mm. I watched him get up every morning, uh, go to work. Mm. Uh, so work ethic was important to sure. him. Teaching the lessons that he was learning in the world, particularly as a, 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 a black man working in a white collar environment. And that yeah. wasn't prevalent. Uh, what kind it, of work did he do? Well, he worked um, uh, for what was back then, uh, I think the big six accounting agencies, which mm. are now... The big three, if I'm correct. I got you. But he was there at the dawn of the birth of the management consulting business. Yep. Right? Yep. And Peter, the management consulting days. business used to be uh, in-house and accounting firms of that scale sure. who offered that as a form of service under the umbrella of those uh, accounting firms. Sure. Right? So he worked in that for that capacity where he wasn't a management consulting no, I get himself, it. but he was on he was staff uh, under, for yeah. the management consultants totally that were rainmakers. Sure. And he had a relationship with a boss who was a teacher. Uh -huh. So as a result of 
working for this person, sure. sharing these, these important examples and opportunities to give him institutional knowledge. Nice. I was getting those lessons at home. I was getting that Man, that's so powerful. At, at the dinner table. That's excellent. And that, as a result, made me conscious of business. It wasn't the hustler on the street. Yeah. It wasn't even necessarily as much as, you know, wide-eyed as I was sure. of celebrities and athletes, too. Yeah. But I was intrigued with having, first and foremost, uh, a positive role model and a father. And you received... And then the storytellings that he would bring home about lessons that he learned at work that were listened by me and uh, growing up became something of, you know, every kid, you know, when they're asked when they're young, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, and, you know, there's, they may say rocket scientist or yep, race yep. car driver or whatever it is. Sure. I want to be a business person because my dad it. was a business person. It's fantastic. And then when I was about 15, uh, one of the things that my dad did to sacrifice for us is he understood the importance of education. Mm -hmm. So um, he sent us to our formative years. My sister and I went to private schools. Well, you know? so wow. I was also getting that diversity of exposure from that Excellent. experience. Excellent. And then at the age of 15, I got exposed to someone who was an entrepreneur. I'd never heard the word before. Mm. Right. So that yeah. person became a uh, mentor to me at that young age where most people don't get mentors uh, until much later yeah, in You life. were and built I'm getting, for this. I'm getting that as... Sledge a, Machine was built, was formed. As a young black man. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, all those things when you talk about a lived experience sure. that you're shaped by represent these different moments, represent these different chapters of a narrative that I didn't know that I, that I had yet. Sure. That would influence me much later in life to want to do the things that I'm doing now. Excellent. This, this now, now it's beginning to add up and, you know, um, have some similar things. But almost with the missed opportunity, I feel like my dad is my superhero, you know, yet he we grew up in a divorced home, so he wasn't present. And that just kind of oh, amazing would say all, all the things necessary in our time spent. But just the lack of presence created an open crack for some of those negative influences that I was enticed by as a young young man. And it just, it talks about the value. I think it's important for us to, to recognize the value of, of a father, of a, of a sound example, and to some extent, just a, a healthy home, especially for, for young men. For any young man. Yes. Any young man. I don't care what your walk of life is. Yep. You know well what said. I mean? Well said. Uh, uh, but in particular for us, because there's the stereotype of us lacking it. Yes. And I wasn't that. You know Listen, I mean? And it well made me said. that much more conscious of why this stereotype is BS. Well, it's you know the, what I mean? But also does damage when there's no presence there that's there positive go. for you to teach you these things. There you go. And I think like I said, we're 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 in a you know, we have some frac we have massive fractures in our society, massive fractures in the home for all kinds of different reasons, but it doesn't change the optimal, it doesn't change what's necessary, what's vital for all of us. That's so profound. Want to take your sports betting game to the next level? Look no further than our sponsor, Betting.us. With a user-friendly interface, unbeatable odds, and up-to-the-minute insights, Betting.us is the ultimate sports betting destination. Visit Betting.us today and start winning big. I think um, our common relationship is Jason Atianza, one of the most dopest creatives, um, design artists, 
Um, but obviously he worked through the, the creative. I know he was in um, advertising. Yes. So I'm imagining that's probably how you guys connected. Um, and you talked about this thread. And I think everybody needs to take away this thread of dynamic relationships, how to cultivate them, not peg them, but nourish them. I'm like, as I'm listening to you, Sledge, you're talking about, you know, the ability to grab hold of something value, but not predetermine where, where it goes, but just value it and allow it to take shape in a way where it's possibly transformative. That's right. How has that been for you and Jason? And what do you see? Like, I, I, I got my story, but um, like, you know, talk about that relationship because it's led us here today just to share your amazing story. Well, as they say, Jason is a brother from another mother. <laughs> there you <right>? go. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I talked about my journey through uh, being entrepreneurial. Um, my second startup was a TV advertising production company Got called it. Brown Bag. Had three other partners, all of us black men. Nice. Um, this was the early aughts, uh, you know, 2003, 2004. Sure. And um, our mix of people included Charles Stone, who uh, is a prominent filmmaker. Charles, for example, yeah. was the mind behind um, the Budweiser What's Up campaign. If you What's up? Exactly. Um, oh, that is uh, a, uh, another <laughs> another partner is uh, uh, a fantastic uh, creative named Maurice Marable. Nice. Mar Maurice was at HBO as a creative director in charge of their or, or one of the people uh, uh, responsible for the creative direction of their uh, on air promotion nice. uh, um, uh, group. And um, now he's a very prominent uh, episodic uh, television director. Nice. You know, so shows like Veep and, and, and things like that. You know, you can be watching it, and if the name, you ever see the name directed by Maurice Marable, that's him. Let's right? go take a look. So, we, you know, we had this company, and what we needed to do was strike a, as a business model a strategic partnership nice. in which we could get financed. Sure. So I was part of uh, uh, this team and responsible for helping us scout who that could be Excellent. where the money was concerned. You got to get the bread. So that really became my first taste without knowing it yet. Uh, what I've described to you as the business side of creative industry. Excellent. Because that's what we were doing. We were, sure. we were monetizing the creative of, you know, the making of this content. Sure. We have, you know, becoming vendors to advertising agencies that outsource their business for making uh, television commercials called spots in that sure. lingo sure. Uh, uh, at that mix. So, so, Part of what we were doing is we had to get ourselves out there to get our name out there. Excellent. We were looking for these relationships. Sure. And uh, because there was interest in what we were doing because of the cachet of the two partners that I described to you. Sure. Um, I got to go to all these really cool parties. Of course. There was this cat that I kept seeing at this party. <laughs> really cool looking cat. This certain Filipino cat. And, and after uh, a couple of times, you know, there was this familiarity between us where we didn't talk. Yeah. But we do the, you know, the... Yeah, the, the nod going? Or the, the head nod. Yeah, the, yeah. The head kick. So the better the parties got, the more I noticed that this cat was at these same parties. <laughs> you know, and I was like, I've got nothing on him. And then one time we gave ourselves, we, we gave each other a look where it's like, it is not enough for us to give each other another head nod. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, we had a conversation, and I, I don't recall, interesting enough, that wasn't, I remember that we had the conversation, but I couldn't tell you as what a you, moment what? what the conversation was about. Yep. All I walked away with is that is one of the coolest cats I've ever met, and I want to know him better. You know why, right? 
Tell me. What's what's your take? She's from Jersey. You know, oh, I mean, I mean, is that it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I think, I think it is. You know, <laughs> go ahead, bro. So, what ended up happening was that is now north of eighteen years ago. Amazing. You know that I've known him all this time. Jason, of course. Long story short, is the reason we met. Yeah, no doubt, know? no doubt. And and sure. and the story there is, I had listened to the episode where he was your guest. Sure. And I had noticed that at that time, you didn't have any sponsors. None. So I said uh, to Jason, this is David Tyree launched this, <laughs> that's the moment, you know, and he's got no sponsors. Got How no is sponsors that possible? Now? And Jason was like, I don't know. Why don't I introduce <laughs> you guys and you can ask him? And that's how that all came about. That's how we had that fantastic conversation when you and I hit it off the way that we did. I just love it, man, because 18 years, like not many people can say that about any relationships. So to have the awareness and just like I said, just the, that open air of care and connection, it's really valuable and it serves you throughout the course of your life. And I, like I said, we're, we're bearing fruit here today talking about what are you most excited about, you know, where you were pre-COVID, navigating through the muddy waters where we all did. And as you're, where you're looking back on 2022, going ahead with the sledge machine. Life is not only short, but fragile. Mm. You know, I mentioned my dad and the, the positive yeah. influence in my life. My dad, I was telling you, he's, he's turned 90. You that's know so I mean? real. That's a long life. You know, and that's, I a, that's a long I, life. Yeah, and we talk about the importance of relationships. So one of the ways you show, besides saying that it's important as an affirmation, is how long have you had the relationships that are important to you? You mm. know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm fortunate to have a lot of relationships that I've had even longer than my relationship with Jay. Yeah. Right? But I look for that. I look for learning about people in their narrative. Sure. When they talk about relationships that they've had, how long they've had those relationships. Sure. Or are they always falling out with people? <laughs> you know, in terms of... Leapfrog mentality, fallouts, yeah. And, and, you know, when I think about pre-COVID, you know, zeroing in on life being short, that I knew as a thought. Sure. But but I'd never thought about that not only it's short, it's it's fragile. Because when your time mm. is up, you don't know when that's gonna be. Ooh. And the time came up for a lot of people who caught this thing where we did not know what was happening. Didn't know what was going on? We got locked down and you know we went from where we are now. Sure. Speaking of thank God to when in the hospital you weren't coming out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, you know, being entrepreneurial and you are too with this this, you know, catch the moment and yeah. of course the umbrella of that uh, a company that is DT3, no doubt. you know, you know what hard is. I do. You also know what hard is in terms of what is the transferable skill set and intangibles because of what it takes to become a professional athlete. Truly. You know, and get drafted and become a starter and you know, do the things that you did for, you know, seven years. Sure. So when I think about pre-COVID, I think about the fact that uh, time is important. Yep. But that didn't always equate with me not wasting time. You know mm. what I mean? And, and I had less of a premium that I placed on the importance of that. But then when we went through, when we went through, when we were locked up, sure. time became so important because... Two things happened. Number one, you were spending time with the most important relationship you're ever going to have, which is yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then number <laughs> two, you start asking yourself these questions. Well, how much time 
do I have? Sure. Because you don't know. It's going to be up when it's going to be up, and there's yep. nothing you can do about that. Yeah. So at the very least, you know, we talked about, again, you know, you being a wide receiver and the importance of spacing and yep. self-awareness about that. Correct. What am I going to do if I'm one of the people that gets through this? Sure. You know what I mean? So when we came through the other side of it, it became about the importance of not wasting it. Well said. But you have to be a work in progress on that. Because yeah. there are things where, you know, I'm encouraging <laughs> a founder who is taking the the biggest, riskiest, most important thing that they're going to do and then giving me the privilege to help them figure things out. Sure. How they're going to build something of importance to them for their vision. Yep. But then also encouraging them and helping them overcoming fears. But then I got fears of my own to face as an individual <laughs> to be authentic about that. You Absolutely. Know, you know, in terms of practicing what you preach. So that's what I'm doing now Excellent. with my time that no one else sees. What am sure. I what am I reading? What are the podcasts besides of course catch the moment that appreciate I appreciate the love, appreciate the love uh, and figuring out how do I work on myself in these areas of my life where it scares me. Man, you, know, appreciate you talk you a lot sharing about that. you talk a lot about, you know, your relationship with God mm -hmm. and and um you know I believe that there is something much bigger than us. Oh, you know what God. I mean? Because there are people that are no longer here, and there are people that are. That are. You know what I mean? Yeah. What determined what, that? These are some of the questions that you know. And guess what? I, I there's a there's a, a enough things that I've settled in life to feel confident in sharing. And then there's some things that I just have, and I have, and I'm confident about God. I'm confident about Christ. I'm confident about what that storyline is. But 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 there's still every now and then these gaps that that we should always consider, and I think that's kind of what leads me to my confidence. I'm like, I have to trust in something that is more secure than my own human experience. That's right. The the fragility of who I am, with my best effort, I still find myself greatly blemished. You know, my wife can remind me of that. Right, right. <laughs> and, and we all got them. And we all have them. But being secure, right? right? Right. And I think that's the that's the road that, if we would all be honest, that we're, we kind of could either torment us in some way. And I think the, the, the desire is to remove the torment in our experience, remove the fear and the paralysis that can come by analysis. So, you know, and that takes people. That takes people and the true... Um, essence of trust and, and a power that is clearly higher than us. You, know, you talk about sharing. One of the things that I'll share is I am reading the Bible cover to cover. Really? Because I want to know what's in it. Ugh. You know what I mean? Now, is, this, cannot, your, is you, this your first time? No, but I've skipped through the Bible. Okay, I got you. As opposed to reading. Mm. What does yep. it say? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And one of the things that uh, is really important about it is a relationship with God is about trusting him because he's responsible for all of this. All of it. You know what I mean? The whole thing. You may not believe in him mm -hmm. per se, but okay, what do you believe? Because, you know, we had, you know, that 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 moment speaking of, you know, you're playing football sure. where Hamlin collapsed. Yeah. You know, and on Twitter. I'd never seen more people, whether they're religious or not, talk about the importance of prayer, right? And when I've had challenges with my dad's health, sure. talking about, you know, pray. 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 Prayer works. Yeah. Sure does. It sure does. And so, you know, when you read that book, number one, 
particularly in the Old Testament. Ooh, stories are so epic. You know, it's just, I don't know what to say I'm about telling it. You. But, but also what's really, really interesting is each of those figures figuring out how they're going to trust and believe to develop faith in their individual relationship to, with God. To that's, the, that's the thread that goes throughout it. Right? Well said. And, and one of the things that um, I've learned to do to think about consciously each sure. morning, every day, is thank God that I got up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Some basics. Thank him for what I have, just the yes. basic things. Yes. You know what I mean? And to remember, man, love him, love others, and love myself. That's excellent. Right? So when you talk about, you know, you know, being secure, you're talking about the acceptance, which sure. includes your faults. Yes. But then also when you talk about other people and ask me what I do professionally and what I've shared about that, look, I do everything from that professionally to when my neighbor is away, she knows that she can text me and say, hey, I'm going to be this long. I have sure. a key to her place and, and, and I'm going to water her plants. Excellent. You know what I'm saying? Excellent. So, so all those things represent that it's not about you. You're only here for the split <laughs> second in time. What it's, happens when you're not here anymore? You know yeah. what I mean? Ask yourself those questions. So yes. those are things that I all I thought about while we were yeah. stuck at home. Heck yeah. You know? And, um, you know, it made it very important to me to think about how did I get here? What is my purpose? Yes. What is... What, I, what should I be doing with this free choice and yes. free will for somebody who gifted what's been gifted to me? Well said. You, know? you said free, like, and, and I think that's what makes the, the you know, what I, what I call the true and living God separate is, although he's actively engaged in the experience, he liberates man to make their own decisions. Right. And I think that's where, you know, if we're honest as humans, and there's, like I said, there's some difficult things where I, I have to resolve to trust God with the things that call it his sovereignty coverage. Meaning right. like, man, I guess you're just bigger than me. And I, even though I'm reading this and this is what you say, um, I'll give you one example. Someone who is dear to us um, in our, and he kind of like, like new in our, in our community, our faith community, they come in, they lose their nine month old daughter, probably within the first eight months. You know, like yeah. what, what, what are we saying outside of, God is worthy of your trust, you know, and train wrecked the whole, it just train wrecked everybody. And we were fortunate <clears throat> to watch this, this man and his wife maintain the course, maintain the faith without accusation. And everything in the human experience, I could understand that if they did, even though God isn't worthy of our blame. And I, and I was like, man, you know, but it takes a resolute and a resolve and a belief beyond something in our experience that just kind of isn't lining up. Why, right? We have the why questions. So the, the existential conversation is one of the most dynamic where if we're just honest, man, like we're, we're missing something. It's like there's something we're missing. Namely, I believe God himself, but ultimately it's the balm that we're all looking for, right. the peace and the purpose. Right. And um, it's so great to hear you just on that journey I want to ask you one thing, like, um, because you offer so much and you, I, I can look at some of the places that you've had success stories and a part in, because we don't often give, it's kind of like we talked about the first rounders and the, and the, and the, and the all pros, right. they get the respective credit that they deserve because 
you can't win a team without studs. Right. But the strength of a championship team is with the the meat of the roster. Right. You know, the the guys who are the third rounders is kind of like first, second rounders, get all the recognition, fourth down, you know, those are some guys that you hope work out. <laughs> what round were you drafted? Six. Okay. I was fortunate to be drafted. I wasn't even on the radar, okay. trust me. Okay. Like I came from no one even knew who I was to I was just hoping to get invited. So, Syracuse had a squad in your day, though. You know what? Yeah. We we had the first losing season my senior year in 17 years. Okay. So it was it, we we had enough talent for sure. Dwight, me and Dwight Freeney came in the same class. He got drafted the year before me because he didn't, didn't get redshirted. Mm -hmm. But trust me, man, it was like it was deflating that being my captain. You know, I was the captain there, first losing season in like 17 years. So yeah, we had we had like the glory days, but it was sadly like the beginning of a little bit of the decline. Right. We, there was no uh, Donovan McNabb to pass the torch to once he left. <laughs> so you know, one thing I really wanted to ask you is like, okay, um, now that this the sledge machine stays moving, it's very clear that you're probably one of the more profound producers behind the scenes in, in a particular work. But what would you say is your proudest accomplishment as you've served those entities? you know, your own business, or even an individual? What is your proudest accomplishment um, as you've arrived to this stage? I got to think about that. I don't know that I've, I've hit that yet, but I, I, I think when I earn the trust of anyone, nice. where you can see in their eyes, particularly when they make a mistake, particularly when they are dealing with a setback, that they trust you because you're not going to pass judgment. Right? Excellent. What is it that I'm doing consistently? You used the word tonight, you know, authentic over dinner. Nice. Right? Um, people have to believe that you have their best interests at Excellent. heart. And I think for founders of startups, what they go through is so incredibly every minute of every day hard. Mm -hmm. That in particular, when you're talking about a person of color, sure, when you're talking about a woman, yes, um, they deal with that without deciding that they're going to start their own enterprise. But quite often, they start their own enterprise because they're being kept out. That's right. by systemic barriers. Excellent. So, you know, one of the things that we also had talked about over dinner is, uh, you know, your wife had asked me about what's the distinction between someone in terms of what I considered an important skill set to teach. Sure. And I had described the, 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 the importance of critical thinking. Excellent. That, that I'm not telling people what to do. I'm helping them understand what their options are and then thinking through how to decide what is the solution to one barrier versus another and the next. Because there's going to be one barrier versus another. Yes. The next one and the next one and the next one to overcome. Strategic right? thinking, right? foresight, you know, kind of seeing the field and understanding what our options are, right. and maybe how to mitigate some of the preceding, um, you know, threats. Right. So Layla was asking me, well, what's, how do you do that? Because what's the distinction between somebody that can learn that sure. versus somebody who cannot? Can't and so I was describing these different variations of yeah. people, right? <laughs> right? If you recall that. Yeah, There I are do. some people who don't want to learn. Yep. You know what I mean? There are Don't be that, y'all. Don't be that. There are people who are sponges. They want to be not a know-it-all. They want to be a learn-it-all. Sure. You know what I mean? Which is what 
I'm built like. Sure. I'm going to constantly be learning and Excellent. growing. You know, as that old saying goes, you're, you're either, you're either um, um, uh, growing or you're dying. There's no in between. That's right. right? Growth so, mindset. So, but because of the challenges of setbacks and the investment of time sure. as the most precious commodity that we have that we cannot get back when we waste it, speaking yes. of wasting it, to earn someone's trust Excellent. so that they know that they can come to me when things are at their worst, yeah, because they know they can come to me when things are at their worst, and it's not going to be "I told you so" or sure. or criticism. Excellent. It's going to be about rolling up the sleeves and figuring out how we're going to address this, how we're going to get it done. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, um, that's my proudest moment: my consistency of authenticity to be that for who I get the privilege of working with, David, because it is a privilege. Anybody who's willing to trust me with their baby, yeah, you know what I mean. I love get it. to wherever it can ultimately go. Yep, you know that's that's a privilege. I love this. It's not mine. I'm not the one who started it. I I'm love not it. the one taking the biggest risk that there is. Sure, they are. You know what I mean. So making a contribution and where that contribution can be the difference between success and failure. That's a big deal to me. Man, this has been so good. So I've got one, one question to kind of roll this, roll this out. Your life bleeds tr tremendous authenticity, the value of people, and, you know, the gratitude of privilege and opportunity, right? So there's a lot of sobriety in what we're hearing here. You know, um, try to find me, you know, one of the two most impactful people that has shaped um, Sledge. Because when we talk about, um, I have a saying that nothing great will ever be accomplished by one individual. Nothing great. So who are maybe one or two of the people that you think have, have, have brought, impacted your life in such a way um, that you're in, you feel that sense of indebted, you know, of being indebted to? Well, the first is, as I described, my father. You know, Tremendous. He, he, just, he just set um, such a positive example of how to behave as a man. Fantastic. Um, the second is the first mentor I ever had. His name was Bill Foster. He's no longer living. Um, but but um, he never, ever, ever was too busy for me. Right? Amazing. And Making um, time. I'd never seen anyone that successful before. I'll be blunt. You could smell the money <laughs> on this Yes, man. you could smell that New you know York I mean? City success. And, and the fact <laughs> that he was self yeah, you know, it wasn't something that was given to him. Sure, he was from Texas, so we had that in common because of Ooh. my family. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. And, and I'm going to San and, Antonio to see next week to see my son graduate from boot camp. So. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and he was a dapper dude. It made it gave me an. It was it, it was clean. It was oh, crispy. it was real clean. He was like you know Jimmy GQ clean. Ooh. You know what I mean? And uh, it taught me that that caliber of success, not just success as trappings, yeah, and accumulation of things but how to carry yourself having achieved it the substance how of the person to behave when you have that because you have that yeah this and is not just what it is you know to you know you kill your mother for a dollar there you that's go that's not what this person was yeah you know i mean and he set that example so there was integrity me, which again was about exactly you know character and and, and integrity and, you know, emotional intelligence. And I'm serious, man. The guy never denied me a moment. Uh, I, can't, I cannot tell you how many times 
you know, I called him for advice sure. or an introduction yeah. that he would always make. And don't get me wrong, there were other people no, who are more it. prominent than him yeah. who did and have done the same thing. Sure. But he was the first. The impact. You know, and the he, impact. Was the, he was the one that I learned the term and the definition of what an, an, an entrepreneur was. And I'm just so grateful that That's I amazing. had someone like that uh, to take me under their wing in their, in their life because... You know, not everybody gets that, and certainly not every young black man growing up gets that. This is this has been amazing. I hope that you know every listener can wind down. Every listener really has taken the 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 gems from your your example. Your keen sense of awareness, self awareness, EQ space helps me to understand why the pistons are churning in the sledge machine. Like your your life, your authenticity. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously conversations is open, but I just knew we had to have this dialogue so that people can recognize that it's it's this kind of thought process that will yield you and bring you to your next moment of success. Well, you know, and I think success is relative as well as a moving target, too. So I always want to, you know, define, hey, we're after that moment of fulfillment, not just success monetarily, not just success positionally, not just success. So. Um, some of the most miserable people I know are some of the richest. Oh gosh! Miserable. I mean, it's I met wild. a few. I met yeah. a few, dog. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, listen, man, just give me your ducats. I'll teach you how to be content. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it never really works out that way. But um, Slash, man, thank you for being who you are. We look forward to continuing to build with you. Um, where can we find and how can people find you so that they can hopefully access and tap into some of your wisdom? Well, I'm at Sledge Machine on Twitter, although I'm not on Twitter a great deal. Mm -hmm. Website is uh, SledgeMachine.com. Um, should make clear that the spelling uh, of Sledge Machine, one word, is S L G yep. Machine. Uh, very hip now. I got you. Drop you know, vowels from <laughs> your name in the creative world uh, is something uh, that I, that I do. Nice. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not hard to find. I'm, I'm, I'm a big power user of LinkedIn, and that's probably the most uh, uh, easiest place to assess me uh, via the We're going to look out for more here. I want to thank everybody for checking in with us.